Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to another episode of Hoop, the Hoop Jack podcast series. And I can't believe it's November already. And I am your host, Christopher Armistead. With me today is longtime Hoop Jack of the team. I know he hasn't been around here a lot, but we're lucky to have him. And we're lucky he, Mr. Alec Moran. Alec, it's good to have you back on the show. Always, always a pleasure to be here, Chris. I appreciate it, man. And excited to talk a little bit about basketball today with you. Was your weekend all right? Yeah, man. It's uh, it's never long enough, right? But uh, right. yeah, I'm doing all right, man. So we'll get right into it. We have a lot to discuss today, but we're going to get right into it with our This Day in History. And on this day in November, um, 2008, DeAndre Jordan made his NBA debut for the Clippers. Kyle Lowry made his debut for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Brandon Roy, one of the most probably underrated players of all time, made his debut for the Blazers back in 2006. I still think Brandon Roy should have earned a title one of those years with his time in Portland. Yeah, Roy was a great player, and uh, I know he had a couple of really epic runs. And, uh, you know, the Blazers really never were over the top, kind of like how they are now. But uh, he had some really good teams, and he was a great player to watch. And in 96, you had a lot of big-time players making their debut. Ben Ben Wallace, Steve Nash, Stephon Marbury, Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, Sharif Abdurrahim, and Clyde Drexler in 96, all making their debut. For, uh, yeah, making their debut in the league. Um and also, I found interesting today in 1950, this day in 1957, the shot clock was created. 1957. 1957, the <laughs> shot clock was created. <laughs> and it's an interesting, and the shot clock is only used in college basketball and the NBA. Do you think it'll ever go to like, the high school formats uh shot clock is used in some aau once you get to a certain age and yeah shot clock is used in some high schools i believe i could be wrong about that i thought some high some states use shot clock and some didn't i haven't because when i grew up i didn't our school didn't use shot clock we didn't and, either because i feel like it would be it would at least simulate a real game because when you don't have a shot clock you can just use the ball however you want for goodness how long oh there's a shot clock she's in eight states california maryland massachusetts new york north dakota rhode island south dakota washington really only eight states for high school use a shot clock it'll be more though it'll be it, it'll be more in the next 10 years it should be more in the next and now because at least with a shot clock it would simulate real game situations that you would have to do i agree with that I, uh, it also, you know, gives the opponent the ability to kind of cheese the game a little bit. If you know about the four-corner offense, you know, team that's outgunned can kind of just run the clock out and force the other team to press, make dumb decisions, something out of their comfort zone. Right. So we're going to get right into it with our NBA recap. So we had some interesting games throughout the weekend. Um, Alec, what was some of the games that you thought were kind of eye-openers eye and some really key games that went on over the weekend. Uh, can we talk about the Lakers? Is that a thing? We ought to talk <laughs> about them. Uh, you know, I mean, I know they're my team and I know if Jake was here and you said something about his Miami team, I know he would say no, but I know with the Lakers, it's, it's rough. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Had, they had a good weekend. They had a good weekend, but it's still easy went over Cleveland and a nice little easy <laughs> win over Houston. I hear a butt coming. No, I don't have it. I mean, oh, really? They're four and three. I mean, they have, they've looked as much crap as they've taken online, right? I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be great, but what's their motivation to be great right now? You know, just for them to go out and go through the motions and they're four and three, they'll turn it on when they have to. But I mean, LeBron, at this point in, this, in his career, in this early in the season, is not going to go 100%. And why would he? And not just him, but just in general, you know? I think it's been nice for Melo to pick up scoring off the bench when everyone else doesn't, you know, doesn't have the energy to go both ways. Russ is getting a little bit better. I mean, he's, he's not a favorite of mine, but 
He's going to be able to carry this team through the regular season too. I think they're going to be fine. I agree. I think it, like you said, what's to be depressed about in Lakerland right now? Just that they look old. You don't, think, you don't sound too excited. No, I, I, I look at it as, you know, we have a team of guys who are there, but I don't, after they're gone, who do we have? We don't have, a, cause I, I see a great, group of guys right now who are entering year 19 or a year they're entering in the year their double digit years and we don't know how much longer we'll have of them until you know they're out and we have nobody curating for the next next group of guys coming in well that's what the lakers have done right they've sacrificed a good portion of their future for the right now yeah um, kind of a lebron it's kind of lebron that's what cleveland did was sell out when they had LeBron and sell out and win right now, and then you're gonna you're gonna have some bad years after that because you traded away a lot of your future assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our future assets are doing better on different teams, <laughs> right? But I mean, that's the that's the trade when you as soon as you sign for Anthony Davis, that's kind of the direction this team went, and it, it earned the, them a ring. So I mean, it's it's the cause and effect. Yeah, I mean, a second ring would be would be lovely though. It would be, but who knows what'll happen. Who are you surprised by so far? This season, I'm surprised by two teams. And they're both in the East. I'm surprised with how out of the gate both Charlotte and Chicago have gotten. Hmm. And I'm one week. I know LaVar Ball is just sitting back in his chair with a drink saying, I told y'all. But I get it as it's early season and you got to be able if they if they want to you know it, it's the long in front of you right i mean the knicks have been pretty darn impressive so far too obviously you know good little start for them and, and the wizards as well <laughs> those are a nice little batch of teams you wouldn't have expected to start off so hot but i mean it's so early there's six right. games into the season seven games into the season 80 game season so <laughs> And it'll be interesting to see how it fares once we hit, you know, Christmas time and even Thanksgiving as to what what can happen then. And well, I mean, we got to in the same spot as the Lakers too. Sorry, not to cut you off. Lakers and Nets are both four and three. They both kind of look old, and people don't really. They're the easy team to make fun of right now, but I have a hard time believing those teams won't be right in the mix at the very end. Yeah, and I agree with you with that. I think they're kind of a lot. Right now, a lot of the people are saying is it's too early to say because it's not even 10 games into the season yet. And you're already making assumptions like the Lakers don't look as strong now. Well, they don't have to be right now. The Nets without Kyrie, it's nothing. Well, I mean, KD is they're doing the best they can. They don't have to use 100% at the beginning of the year. Well, and to your point there, don't be surprised if there ain't no more Kyrie in, in Brooklyn. Not looking good. It's I don't, not. I don't, I don't see that coming to a resolve on either side. It's not. So a lot of we have a lot of games tonight uh, to go through. So first game, first game we have tonight, uh, we have Cleveland heading to Charlotte to play the Hornets. Charlotte, a five point favorite. Uh, who do you take in that one? Jeez, man, it's so tough to call it this early in the regular season. Um. I don't know. Hey, let me look at the schedule. We're just looking at tonight's games. Uh, yeah, I'm just tonight's games. Cleveland, but Charlotte's been playing better. I mean, I don't know. We'll go Charlotte. Charlotte. And we got San Antonio, Indiana, both under 500. And Indiana really struggling early in the game, early through the gate. <sighs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, who do you San, like in that one? I like San Antonio in that one. Just and turn it around at least to get them the three and four you think what was your question sorry i got a little bit disconnect on my end uh do you think popovich can take that spurs team to the playoffs it uh, it'll be like it. it's it really doesn't feel like it That's right just now my they might be a play-in team from where i'm looking right now they could be a play-in team what do you make it in as the nine no the ten no. The, no, the nine or the ten. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so much easier to make it when you got that nine and ten spot available. 
Yeah. Hmm. Uh, another another interesting game we have tonight. We have Trailblazers playing the 76ers in Philadelphia. Still, you know, Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons. He's something. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him too. Him, I, I'd still like to see him and Kyrie get traded one for one at this point. Who says no <laughs> at this point? I mean, both guys are... They need to get out of their current situations. Yeah, why not? I kind of like Ben on the Nets because then he doesn't have to worry about shooting. Leave that up to the two superstars you have and let Ben play defense and distribute. Yeah, I I, I think that would be a better... Tra- it would work out. I'm not sure Philly teams. loves Kyrie. I'm ben. not sure either, especially his time in Boston. I think they'd take him over Ben, though. <laughs> I would, too, at this point. <laughs> at least you don't, you don't have to worry about Kyrie being able to shoot the ball. He's, he's fairly efficient at that. Right. All right. You have Wizards in Atlanta play the Hawks, a good Eastern Conference matchup. I mean, I... The Hawks team, just in general. How about how – about, they're just so much better than they were the last few years. It's, it's nice to see. Yeah. I like Trey Young. I like the I I like the Wizards in this one, but barely. It's gonna be close. In Atlanta, I'll take it. I'll take the Hawks. Take the Hawks. We have the Bulls heading to Boston to play the Celtics. Boston's struggling out of the gate, which is surprising to me. New considering coach. it's just it's the coach. New coach. It's tough. Was this a right move that? brad stevens should have made so tough to tell this early my i mean initially whenever they made it i was a bit surprised i thought stevens would be a a head coach in the nba for years to come rightfully so i don't know it's it's gonna take probably three to five years for us to really ever understand if that's gonna work out or not yeah it's it's hard for those decisions like an immediate impact and a lot of people want an immediate impact when it's not possible that's just not how sports work. Not not in I mean, these are long seasons, man. I mean, this yeah said it a few times already. We're six games into an eighty-two season. That's year one. I mean, this Boston's got an uphill battle for mm-hmm. a coach, I think. Time will tell. We have next one we have is the Raptors heading to Madison Square Garden to play the Knicks. Knicks looking pretty good early this season. Randall playing playing good basketball, Barrett playing good basketball, even Kemba showing out That's off the bench. That's one of the teams in basketball to start the season. Yeah. And they've jumped out of the gates well, and they were strong last year, so I think they have a chip on their shoulder to be able to prove that they weren't a one-hit wonder, right? Because that's that's the easy thing for most people to say, you know. Well, no, you... the Knicks are the Knicks. They had one good season. They got bounced early. Big deal. So I think they've got a chip on their shoulder to, uh, to run it back. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have the Nuggets heading to Memphis to play the Grizzlies, a good Western Conference matchup. Ja Morant, you know, up there in scoring per game. He's fantastic. Uh, what a great player. And, you know, he's, he's not really that big. And coming from a small school, you know, a small market team like the Grizzlies, he's got uh, people in Memphis excited, and he's kind of putting them back on the map a little bit. Of course, playing against the defending MVP, uh, and the Nugget, Nuggets, I think, are in a weird spot too in the West, because I just, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a great roster. They don't have any like, I mean, I don't want to say they have no superstars. Jokic is a superstar, but is Jokic a number one on a championship team? <sighs> That's tough to say. Is even in my opinion, I think, I think, in my opinion, his MVP season was not an MVP season. Why do you say that? Because statistically, I would say you're probably wrong, but from the eye, stati- I mean, st- you're right. I mean, I'm not. Uh, it's, it's. I don't want to look at it statistically because you know you can't. It's not like when we play tennis. Tennis is more of an individual sport. Basketball is a team sport all around. But when you mm-hmm. can't, when you're the MVP. You're you have a chip on your shoulder to lead the team mm-hmm. to at least the conference finals. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's just a tough, you know, that's a tough break to have that for, you know, as a finals MVP, you, you only get but so far. Who do you think should have won MVP last year? Oh, who were the candidates that year? 
There, for, the one reason why I think Jokic won is because nobody else really stood out. Do you have do you do you know who the rest were? Let's look at the MVP voting. Jokic won, Embiid two, Curry three, Antetokounmpo four, CP three five. I mean, a lot of people liked Joel Embiid for a while, but I just don't, I don't think he was. I don't I mean it's questionable whether he's more valuable because value can mean quite a few different things. Um, well, you had the finalists. Uh, you had Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. I mean, onto the Kumpo. I mean. You don't. I think the reason that Jokic got it was because Antetokounmpo and Antetokounmpo didn't, is because he got it the year before. Yeah. And they didn't want to give it again to Antetokounmpo to kind of just see that. But the fact that he led the Bucks to a title kind of says something. Yeah, I, I think Antetokounmpo by far last year was the most valuable player over, like especially Overall. in the finals run. But they just yeah. MVP voting is weird, man. If there's a player with like really strange and strangely good statistics, I think they're usually going to win. Like looking at scoring wise, Jokic was looks more valuable analytically. Although obviously we know that on both ways, there's no bigger impact in the game than Antetokounmpo currently right now at all. Right? There's no there's no bigger two way impact. Used to be LeBron no. was the best two way player, and he's still a great offensive player for the most part. Defensively, he's limited in year. What year is he in? Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, he's him and, him and Melo are both year nineteen. Yeah, I mean, if LeBron, if we're talking about LeBron year like less than ten, then I'd argue he's still a better two way player than Giannis. But I I can't find a better value than Antetokounmpo on both ways, and and Bede was great both ways too. That's a tough race right there. It is tough, and nobody stands completely out. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's because. It's, t- it, the only time we've ever had a unanimous MVP was Curry in that 70, 73 win year. Yeah, but usually and, usually there's one person that sticks out above, or at least there's two that are far and away better than everyone, and then you've just got a, a popularity contest. This mm-hmm. one's like, eh, all four of those guys are pretty close. I mean, I think Curry has an argument. He willed that team into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering what... what what they had and without clay you yeah, did it without clay the whole season and they still did it and with a young squad I'm, I mean, that's, that's close race it is and i i agree it's 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 hard to kind of with those votes you know who who it goes to i'm not saying jokic didn't earn it with his stats i think everything the the whole concept of you know how do you, with that tight, with that you know accolade, you you need to lead your team up more than what you did. Yeah, and the sad part is too, which this will always kind of confuse me. MVP voting really shouldn't be just regular season. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I just I think that you could make MVP needs playoffs regular are the most season and part. playoffs. Yeah, playoffs are the most important part. Like like you just mentioned a little bit ago, right? Giannis, he he took over in in the playoffs. He he was the best in the world, both both ways. He made crazy plays the entire. I mean, he he willed his team to a victory, and he was by far the most valuable player. But that's because of his playoff run. If you just yeah. look at his regular season, that's a normal regular season for him. The last few years, he was MVP the year before with equally or better stats. Sorry, I think we got off a little bit of track there, but I think it was it was valuable. No, but I I agree. I think you know this this top it this topic of MVP. It's tough because you know usually, like you said, there would be guys. There would be a guy that stood out. When you have four who are close, you're literally flipping a coin at that point and being like, "All right, well, we give it to him, just because." Last question just- on this topic: Who? Who is your way too early pick to win MVP right now? If you had to pick right, right now, MVP way, way too way early. Way too early. Yes. I would probably pick. I I would pick I would pick Curry. Curry is a great choice, man. He's balling. I would pick Curry, and the reason being, right now, look at their record. Right now, still without Clay, 
Yeah, and Clay's they're, they're number two. They're five and one. Mm-hmm. And Curry is leading the is tied with Morant in scoring, but he's doing the most he can with what he has, and still having Kerr as a coach. Curry's still playing like he was the unanimous MVP years ago. Yeah, Curry. Curry's the man. He's so good. Uh, my way too early pick, I think. Uh, I've for the underdog dark horse to win it, who I'd love to see would be John Morant. Obviously, I'd love to see him win it. I don't know if he can do mm-hmm. it for a whole season. Uh, if I had to just pick right now, uh, I kind of think Giannis is gonna win it again. Mm-hmm. It depends on this how motivated is... he is to to put up big numbers in the regular season. I think too. You know what I mean? Because I think Milwaukee knows they can kind of, to a degree, they know that they're gonna get in no matter what, so they don't have to go too crazy in the regular season. Like they don't have to lock up the one seed. Like they did a few years ago, um, so I don't know. Yeah. I think motivation is important, but I think when the Warriors get back Clay, if Curry's still firing, that's going to open up the court a little bit more. You know, assuming Clay is what he once was or close to it, um, you know, Steph's numbers will only get better. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So, heading over to the next subject, we we had talked about this a while back, but it, you know, the introduction of the new rule where. New, where calls in the NBA are surprisingly low and there's not a whole lot of fouls being called play is being, you know, we're moving. The ball is moving. Play is moving. There are not a whole lot of interruptions with foul calls, no offensive player, even the, the James Harden, you know, trying to get the foul. What's your take on the flow of the game actually being played? Huge, huge improvement. I'm actually really happy to talk about this. Obviously, you know, things have gotten have changed in basketball, you know, since its inception, obviously. You know, every year the game's played a little bit different. If you go watch if you go watch basketball from the seventies or eighties, you know, it's gonna look a lot different, the play style, and then, you know, go like to the late nineties, early two thousands, which is kind of the generation that both of us grew up in, you know, early two thousands, mid two thousands basketball. Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, basketball has evolved again over the last ten to fifteen, it's really you know, this this kind of shimmy, like, pump fake jumping into the defender has become really prevalent. I don't remember at what point this became a thing, but it wasn't a thing in, like, the early 2000s, mid-2000s, maybe, like, the last 10 years. But it's yeah. annoying to watch, right? Like, it's just, it's annoying to play against that, too, kind of, in a way. So, I think... Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can, you probably agree with this to some extent. I do. I also, it, the fact that, you know we never had guys when we grew up watching pump fake and literally jump into contact yeah, for it because that's ridiculous. It devalues the game and that aspect because that's not how you would want to get a shot. You want to shake <laughs> Ricky Bobby, shake and bake and get your, get your space so that you can go. The fact now that the game can play and now that you have to create your own space and, you can't cause the foul. You have to earn it, basically. Right. Like, we, like, even go back to when you played basketball, like, as a kid, there's no game you could ever play it in where you could jump into defenders and they'd give you the foul call. That was yeah. never, ever a rule in basketball. That was always frowned upon. So, you know, I'm really glad that, you know, especially for regular season games, like, there's just way too many. I can't remember at what point it got really bad in the last couple of years or, you know, whatever year that they broke the record for most, most fouls called. And, you know, it just slows the game down. Games last forever. They're boring. They get stale. So let the guys play. And then, you know, because in the playoffs, calls are different. They don't call right. the, the little stuff. And that's how the game should always be played, in my opinion. Who – I know this new rule has affected a lot of – some players, including guys we talked – like James Harden. This rule has affected him a lot because he used to lead – Oh yeah. In free throws attempts. Oh yeah. What are the kinds of players who will be affected the most by this rule? I think it's going to affect Trey Young a lot as well. Um, when, you know, he's a smaller guy, makes some very acrobatic moves and he's extremely sneaky about that kind of jump into play too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Steph, Steph is good at doing that. Uh, not to the extent of James Harden, but you know, he can do that. You know, LeBron has, has had his fair share of been able to do that as well. So I think those are some of your your biggest offenders. Uh, to an extent, I've seen maybe a little bit of Lillard. 
Um, mm-hmm. who, who are you thinking off the top? I'm of? thinking of Luca. Luca, Luca, that's a huge missed one by me. Yeah, he definitely does that. Who else? I'm thinking, I'm thinking a guy. Uh, oof, I mean, that's that's most of the that's the most that's the majority of guys who I've seen. It's you know it's gotten bad, but I think it's gonna affect the undersized guards the mm-hmm. most. Trey and um, guys who are in a in kind of a pinch where they when they're in like a corner or there's no one open that you decide that you want to do that. And you've seen plays where James Harden kind of wraps his arm trying to get the foul or bumps in, tries to get the foul and it's a no call. And I think it hurts. It hurt the game when players and when I ref basketball, that's what I would see. And a lot of times I wouldn't call it because it's not a, initiate like it's initiated by the offense it's not a initiated by the defense contact like you initiated you went into him why would i award you a foul yeah exactly 100 percent. yeah like like you just mentioned most importantly it bleeds down to the lower level and just kids basketball becomes trash to an extent it's it's because they look at they watch the nba i mean you can't get away with that in college basketball even no so it's it's good for the game, and I'm I'm happy to see that, and uh, hopefully players feel that way as well, which I'd I'd say most of them do. I agree, and I think that this rule, even though that it kind of, because I'm wondering when it stopped. Like I'm wondering when it's. I really am curious when this the whole lean into a guy came in, because like you said, we never saw that in the 2000s. No. And it had to be I can't remember exactly. Yeah. And I can't remember exactly when it officially started, but the fact that they had to get to a point where it was an official rule, I mean, you know, I'm glad they finally fixed it. But I think they should have seen the the numbers when it was a lot of free throw attempts start to rise in the game. And that's been happening over the last, you know, three, four seasons. Yeah, totally, and so, yeah. So we'll see how it goes this season. I'm happy to see that the rule has, you know, brought back the value and brought back the flow of the game. Yep, 100%. So we'll be right back with more Hoop Jack, guys. We have coming up our one-on-one Hooper profile with Air Force commit Solomon Jones, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hoop Jack Podcast Series, everyone. Today, our one-on-one Hooper profile is Air Force Commit, Solomon Jones. Solomon, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for having me. No problem. So we'll talk about your commitment to Air Force in a little bit, but for now, you grew up playing basketball in Long Beach, California for Poly, correct? Yes, sir, I did. So what was that like in that area for basketball? How big was it? It was it was pretty big, you know, uh, uh, you know, like basketball in Long Beach is, you know, it, it's crazy. I can't really you know, begin to describe it, um, but, you know, players like Jordan Bell, um, a really good player, went to Oregon, uh, is now with the Warriors. You know, he he's a big part of like Long Beach Poly basketball. And he's kind of like that trademark for Long Beach Poly basketball. Um, another good kid, Peyton Watson, my former teammate, he's at UCLA now. And, you know, he's going to be a future lottery pick. Or even in, uh, you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be awesome. So it's pretty big down in Long Beach. So you grew up playing with guys who kind of are making names for themselves in their own way, correct? Yes, sir. So were you part of what? Were you part of any like AAU teams and through the circuit during your time in California? Yes, sir. So my freshman year, um, I played with this team called I Can All Stars. It was kind of like an independent team. Um, but we did travel, you know, all across the country. We did play, you know, kind of like in the open, uh, in open EYBL sessions where, you know, EYBL lets uh, independent teams into like their little circuit games and kind of incorporates them into the schedule. So I did get a chance to play against some top tier uh, talent, you know, going into my sophomore uh, and, uh, and junior year, played with the Oakland Soldiers. And that was, a, you know, due to COVID, I didn't really get to play with them that much, but it was a really good experience though, I have to say, recruiting wise and also just getting to know other guys and 
you know, their talents and, you know, what their aspirations are. So it was a really big, really big circuit and really big, you know, platform. Right. And I know that everything has been tough going on, especially with, you know, the pandemic and everything. But an interesting thing that I was reading was um, I was reading an article from, I think it's called the Sideline Report. And it's an article titled, It's Okay to Not Feel Okay. Yes, sir. And reading it, you talk about your how you handled everything in the pandemic, and you talk about going through it all. And in a quote, it says, but in spite of it all, basketball was for me when I needed it the most. An escape, though temporary, you see these extremes, these feelings, these doubts are always going to be there. It's life. My answer to questions earlier can be described as this. You learn to adapt. You learn to live with these problems, to understand them, to know why they are there. And now you can learn from them. So and it sounds like to me that you, even though it was a hard time for you, you managed to find ways to keep yourself mentally strong through all of this. Most definitely. And it was, I'm not going to lie to you. It, it was, it was crazy. You know, COVID was, it was in the full swing. You know, there was a lot of, you know, social and political problems going on in our country. And it was all, it was all coming down on me. It, it was a lot to, to handle, but you know, like you said, you, you learn to adapt to, to those things. Um, you, you learn to kind of navigate through those things. You, it doesn't go away. You know, all these problems aren't going to go away in one, you know, one snap. But it's kind of like a, it's like a process. And the same thing with basketball. You know, I say basketball was at the center of it all because it really was. It really was that escape from everything. You know, when I was in the gym with my trainer, you know, we, we would be talking about it. Like, you know, hey, you, you hear what's going on in the news? You know, do you hear about COVID? Do you hear about the new guidelines? Do you hear about, you know, what AAU? is going to look like, you know, it, it was kind of like questions all around, but once we got to working and you know, once we got to training, it was just strictly just basketball, just focusing on that. So that, that's what I mean by it, it was an escape. It was just, you know, it was just you and basketball, man. Because I'm, I'm with talking with a lot of the athletes, uh, athletes, and it's, it's hard to be an athlete during this time because when I'm, when I'm listening to you, you're talk, your athletes are very extrovert people. They want to be right. out. They want to be playing ball. They want to be, you know, getting better at the game. Switching from an extrovert to an introvert lifestyle is tough, especially when you want to be moving. You want to be doing stuff, but you can't. So with your signing, so was that hard as well, playing through that in high school, especially with the times that it's time to, when you're working hard and you're trying to commit to school's, so late especially in the pandemic yeah it was it was extremely hard um you know just kind of finding that right school you know you, you know you're just playing you're you're grinding and you know you're you're doing everything you can to kind of get through this pandemic you know kind of get through this covid season as they would call it and you're kind of stuck at a crossroad like oh crap i gotta make this decision i gotta make a decision that's gonna change my life you know for the better you know for my family's future for my children's future so it's a, it's a really tough thing you know, coming to that crossroads. But for me personally, uh, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was extremely hard, but it was just, I kind of like, you know, I was I was more thinking of, you know, is this right for my family? Kind of like not for me. Um, but in the, like, talking to my parents and everything, they told me that, you know, make this decision for the better of you. And not to be selfish, but just, you know, because you're living your life, you're playing basketball, we're not playing basketball. So, that was kind of like the hard thing for me. It was kind of like not letting my feelings, not letting my decision be directed towards you know, the feelings of others, but, you know, towards me. Right. And then kind of going towards, you know, playing the basketball as much as you can and trying to get grades, trying to do all the work. You made your commitment to Air Force recently. Congrats. And um, what was some of the factors leading in your decision to Air Force? So it's actually pretty funny. Um, Air Force, Air Force Academy didn't, they, they didn't recruit me until like March when the pandemic hit, like when COVID was in full swing. So even then I was kind of worried about it. Um, but just talking with the coaching staff, I mean, head coach Joe Scott, you know, assistant coach, coach Metzendorf, they were, they were in my corner. Like I know, it's kind of like a cheesy thing to say, but 
you know, those coaches really believed in my ability and my talent. And they, they knew that, you know, COVID was affecting a lot of people's recruitment, but, you know, they, they gave me a chance and, you know, they showed that they really wanted me. I mean, they, they, uh, they, they really, you know, called me almost every single week, checking up on me, you know, how my mental was doing, you know, how am I doing, you know, as far as like training, what I'm working on, you know, what I look for in a college program. And they, they asked all the questions that, you know, that really that I was looking for answers to. And they just checked off all of my boxes. I mean, the, these coaches really care. And that's what really led me to Air Force Academy. And also the players too, just talking with the players, you know, they, it, I'm not gonna lie, Air Force Academy is a, is a tough place to get into. You know, it's an Ivy League education, mm-hmm. um, Ivy League style, I should say. You know, the basketball, you know, we're still trying to, you know, get up on those rankings. We didn't have a really good season, but, you know, what Coach Scott really, you know, sold me on, you know, the reason why I committed, he said these words. He said, I'm trying to build a new culture. I want to, you know, be back in the Final Four, you know, the Sweet 16, because when he was there back in 2004, 2006, you know, they made it to the you know, NCAA tournament. You know, they made it to the Final Four at least two times. And he's trying to bring that culture back. And, you know, he said, you know, I want you to come along for the ride, Solomon, you know, for the, for the next five years. So I'm, I'm excited. And that's, that's the main reason why I committed to Air Force Academy. That's good to hear that you kind of fell in love with not just the program, but even the coaches were looking out for you in that aspect, trying to treat, making sure they treated you like a family, correct? Yes, sir. And what are you wanting to learn through your, because I noticed that you're redshirting your freshman year, correct? Yes, sir. So what are, what are you trying to learn not only from the coaches and the, but the team as well? as well as the, the college environment, so both on and off the court? Like, what are you trying to – what are your goals for this season, especially as a freshman, you know, you're learning everything about college or the transition from high school to college is different. What are you trying to learn both on and off the court? So what I would say, first of all, off the court, um, just being organized because college is one big – you know, it's, it's one big circus. <laughs> it's, it's like – you have to juggle, you know, academics. You, know, you have to juggle sports. You have to juggle waking up early for classes. Um, you know, for Air Force Academy, it's the military academy, so you got to juggle military responsibilities as well. You know, render customs and courtesies. Um, you have to, you have to really learn to kind of like take it all in and just kind of take a one deep breath and be like, okay, this is how I'm going to plan out my day. You know, I'm going to work on academics, and then I'm going to get some shots up, and you know, I'm going to take care of you know military responsibilities, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, just working on being kind of like a holistic person, uh, being an organized person, especially like colleges. Um, you know, I know it sounds it sounds like really cliche, but college really isn't for everybody, you know, especially here. Um, you know, if you don't take care of what you're going to take care of, you know, you'll probably be out this place quickly. So being organized, that's that's really my main thing, you know, just to be an organized person and kind of focus on, you know, planning out my day. I would say on the court, you know, learning learning the plays you know just doing everything i can to kind of better myself my iq uh, obviously getting stronger because uh, the mountain west is no joke you know you, we're trying to beat san diego state utah state you know all those big guys all those monsters so you know we got to focus on and that that's mainly what i'm trying to you know accomplish my freshman year or my redshirt freshman year i should say and that's good to hear and with college athletics recently having an opportunity and athletes, especially with NIL athletes are able to work with brands for their name and their likeness. I've noticed that you are taking the time to work with a group called clutch lifestyle. Uh, what do you want to talk What do you want to say about them and why you wanted to work with them? So with clutch lifestyle, um, they're, they're, they're really big on opportunity. Uh, you can see it all over their page and being part of the, the clutch lifestyle family they're all about providing kids a platform to play college basketball. Um, you know, they're looking to, to represent kids, you know, from all over, um, you know, with their clothing, with their merch, and just kind of represent like a whole family. So I kind of want to be a part of that, that tight-knit family and, you know, kind of represent them in any way I can, whether it's buying uh, merchandise or, you know, kind of, uh, you know, posting about them as much as I can, uh, you know, because – at the end of the day, you know, it's all about opportunity and that's what they really emphasize in your heart on. Right. And that's good to hear that you, you kind of, you relate to that and you want to be able to help the next generation of 
basketball players reach their dreams and their goals. Yes, sir. So, and my last question to you, and I like to hear different answers because different different hoopers have different answers. What advice would you want to give to a high school hooper wanting to play at the college level? So, my first piece of advice would be just be you have you have to learn to be patient. You know, a lot a lot of college athletes are impatient, and that's not me attacking you know any specific one. I'm just saying the holistic mm-hmm. and the general view of of you know student athletes is that they're impatient, and you know it's. They're not wrong. You know, people, when people say that they're not wrong, you just got to learn to be patient. You just got to learn, you know, again, people say trust the process. It's cliche, but you have to do it. If you're getting shots at every single day, you're trusting the process. If you're getting the good grades in the school, trust in the process. If you're making sure you're, you know, if you have a religion, if you're, you know, making sure you worship God or, you know, whoever, you know, your religion you, you uh, represent, just make sure you're doing that. Then you're trusting the process. So I would say just be uh, patient, learn to be patient. Another thing is, you know, also to be, to be a person that's going to, that's really tightened in on their goals. Like, you know, that's not going to let any outside distractions, you know, get in the way of what they want to do. You know, a lot of people want to drink, a lot of people want to party, a lot of people want to do, you know, other things, you know, kind of sideline to that goal. You know, and this isn't attacking anybody either. If you want to do that, that's fine. But if you want to, you know, if you want to be that athlete, you want to be that person that has a successful career, and you have to learn to put those things to the side. You know, there's, there's a time and place for that. But, you know, you have to learn there's a time and place also for the craft in which you want to pursue. And probably the last one would be, you know, just have fun. Like, have fun with it. A lot of people, like, take take basketball or even take any sport they, you know, want to pursue college uh, basketball or college sports in. They take it way, way too serious. And you should. Like, you really, really should. But just remember that you're human. You know, you're going to make mistakes and, you know, you also have to have fun with it because if you're not having fun, then it's a waste of time. Right. And I think that's some great advice to have. Like you, you were talking about, there's many different sections and making sure you're taking priority of something, but also kind of relax and have fun when you actually have taken care of those priorities. Yes, sir. So I want to thank you, Solomon, for taking the time to come on the show and guys make sure to check out him Clutch Lifestyle, Athletics, and the Air Force Air Force Men's Basketball Program this season. I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys do this year. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you for having me on the show. No problem. We'll be right back with more Hoop Jack, guys, so stay tuned. All right. And we're back, guys, and I want to thank Solomon Jones for taking the time to come on the show. Make sure to check him out this season as well as Air Force Men's Basketball. I can't wait to see how they do this season. And next up, we have our Danos Lost and Found segment. And Danos is, you know, one of the best seasonings in the world. I know I can attest for it. Jake can attest for it. Alec, what do you think of Danos? Have you tried it recently? I haven't tried it yet. No one sent me a sample. So as soon as <laughs> they send me a sample, listen, I'm about to make some chicken. I eat a lot of chicken. Can't wait to try it. But uh, I've only heard good things. And there's good things to keep going. So I would like... So we did it a little bit last week. It's our Dano's Lost and Found segment. So I work in the school system. So, you know, Jake, have you ever, when you were in school, did you ever, did you ever have things that you found in the Lost and Found? Yeah, man, I always lose stuff. Like it'd be like jackets or hoodies or stuff like that. And it was always like having to go to the secretary's office. Like it's always like some like weird, like box of like janky clothes. Right. So for our Dano's Lost and Found segment, we, find things that could be in the lost and found or even see things that have been lost for so long. And we're wondering if anyone's going to pick it up. So Alec, what's, what's something that is that you notice that's lost in the lost and found. I'm going to try to not be too passionate about this. Just came in, started his first game as a rookie over the weekend after missing the first Four games with a uh, ankle injury from preseason shows up the Detroit Pistons hope Cade Cunningham intro game 19 minutes 2.7 rebounds this man is lost I already don't like Cade Cunningham as a number one overall pick I just I don't know I don't have a good feeling about him the other night kind of made me feel the same way uh, I think this man this young man is lost I I because because also, in my opinion, 
there was just nobody that stood out in the draft last year. Worst introduction, worst first game since Anthony Bennett. If you're oh in the same God. category as Anthony Bennett, you're in really bad shape. Just oh, gosh. Shape. That man is he's not only in the lost and found, he's like in Goodwill. My goodness, that name is He's haunting playing in a different to... country. I'm a Cavs fan. How do you think I feel? I'm just... <laughs> Horrible. Hurt. That, that man is just at Goodwill. He's been at Goodwill. No one's picked him up. Cunningham. All right. I, I don't know. I, I don't feel good about it. I, I think... I think the the he's lost, and the Pistons are looking for somebody to carry them. Yeah, look at him. And when when we do go to Lost Found, we're at least happy to find you know a jacket, a water bottle, or something that we've been missing for so long. What have you found in that little group of clothes that you haven't seen in so long? Oh, well, I mean, I don't even know if he was ever lost, but he is on a new team uh, in, I think, I believe his 19th season in the league. Carmelo Anthony finally getting to play with his buddy LeBron James, putting up pretty good numbers thus far, I think 17 points a game. Uh, had a couple uh, efforts off the bench where I think he hit over 20 points. Um, I, I think he's kind of found his rhythm, and uh, I think he's going to be a crucial, crucial contributor for the Lakers going forward, especially if they uh, want to make a run in a championship I agree. I think the fact that he's getting minutes off the bench and he's he's scoring from anywhere on the court, mid-range, even threes, and being able to play with LeBron, it's like, you know, that opportunity, like both year 19s, I think it's time, you know. Mello, and Melo does want a title, but also the fact that he's playing with LeBron and on a team that can make a case for a good title run even though it's still early in the season, I think it's great for him to be showing out early this season. Yeah, I think so too. And like you said, you know, if Melo wasn't on a team where he thought he could win a title, I think he'd just kind of be on cruise control and uh, he'd just ride it out, you know, score 15 to 20 a game and just, you know, smile every night knowing it's his last run. But, uh, you know, playing with LeBron and NAD and Russ, and, you know, Russ wants a title too. You best believe that. Yeah. Um, you got some guys, and obviously LeBron wants another title or else he wouldn't be playing anymore. He'd be retired, like, you know, most of the other people that he was drafted with. So I think the Lakers are going to come on strong and be dangerous. They're just, they get a ride through this regular season, but I think Melo is going to be huge in that. Yeah. I think we'll see how it goes. I'm really excited for him mm -hmm. in Laker country. Mm -hmm. So. That was our Dano's Lost and Found segment. Now we've reached the end of the show where we like to, you know, have our little mindful moment where, you know, things on your mind, we kind of can just talk about it and make sure that, you know, we're all doing okay because, you know, mental health is really strong and it's really big right now. And I want to make sure that not only are my friends okay on the show, but, you know, I'm okay and we can talk things out no matter what. So, Alec, what's what's your mindful moment? What's been going on lately? So my mindful moment is I accepted a new job last week and it's going to be a lot better and uh, pay is going to be better and I'm going to be happier. So I'm really, That's good. Uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited about that. Uh, hopefully I'll get to move closer back to my family and girlfriend in the next couple of months when my lease runs out. So uh, I'm super excited, but just super thankful and super blessed uh, for that to happen. And uh, yeah, man, life's been great for me. I'm really happy and uh, gracious for everything. What, uh, what about you, man? What's been going on? Uh, you know, just grinding, just working, you know, with mm -hmm. my schedule, I'm up every morning early, ready to go see those kids for school. And it, everyone talks about teachers as, you know, it's, and parents, especially they call it, you know, just dropping kids off. It's basically a daycare. Well, I mean, if that's how you really think of teachers. No, no wonder not a lot want to work. Because, you know, teachers are trying to teach your kids, you know, for, you know, education purposes and even life skills. But also, a lot of it's the parent's job to kind of teach that to them. And it doesn't get to that. So, you know, the stress level is up there. And, you know, I don't like to keep it to myself because, you know, a lot of times parents don't like to be told what they're doing is wrong but if it's right there in the face you're just kind of like are you looking are you watching is it there 
<laughs> but you know i'm thankful for you know having that opportunity to teach these kids and then uh being able to do do this show gives me an outlet to talk sports ever since you know i don't know if i told you this um alec but the reason i did i named the show hoop jack was for you know my grandfather he was very inspirational to me, even in the in especially in the tennis world and in the sports world. And when he he passed away, it it was anybody to talk sports with. And you always want to have that outlet. Yeah. And I think the opportunity I have here to talk with you and talk with Jake and being able to do our hooper profiles with amazing athletes, amazing hoopers all over the country. And being able to give them the opportunity to hear their story when others wouldn't, you know? Yeah. I like to give back to the people who have brought talent and wisdom to the game or share their experiences of the game and what they want to do with their future. Talk about their brands, talk about, you know, what makes them happy, you know? And it, it, it gives me joy to know that I can touch someone's life through this podcast and give them you know, the opportunity to get their message and their brand out when others, you know, couldn't, others wouldn't. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, my mindful moment is, you know, treat, and it's, it's basically the golden rule to like treat others the way you would want to be treated, but just reach out to people who, you know, no matter what people can be friendly if you just get to know them. Not everyone's, you know, a bad person until you get to know them. Yeah, for sure, man. You just gotta, like you said, treat everyone the way you want to be treated. You know, the world, the world only gets better through small acts of kindness from everyone every day. Yeah, but that's been our show, guys. I want to thank Alec for coming on the show, taking time. I know, you know, we value his input, and you know, he's as much a part of the show as anyone on here. So, thanks again, Alec, for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, Chris. Can't wait to be back. Yep. And coming up this week, we have more Hoop Jack uh, Hooper profiles and more episodes. Hopefully soon, I have been in contact with a company called Boosted Biz for the works of getting our merch out there. So be on the lookout for that. I'm excited. Let's go. Can't wait. Um, make sure to also click on our link tree, support the channel, head over to Dano seasoning, use code hoopjack for at the end of your purchase and looking forward. Thank you all. And thank you all for tuning into the show, supporting the show and trusting the process. And remember, don't be a bystander, be a hooper and keep balling. Peace.